SM Wilson, we transform landscapes, communities, and minds by harnessing the power of relationships. As a trusted partner, we enrich lives by building spaces to live, work, heal, learn, and play. We have built a reputation for more than 100 years as a design, build, construction management, and general contracting firm that puts people first. We're 100% committed to your project. Sam Wilson, Beyond the Build. Welcome, everyone, to the latest episode of Build St. Louis, the regional podcast that's capturing and sharing the very heartbeat of construction and real estate development. I'm your host, Carrie Smith of Information Works, and today we are delighted to have as our guest Leonard Tengis, who is president of the Associated General Contractors of Missouri, AGCMO. And we're just excited to dig into a topic today that I've entitled Managing and Improving Excavation Safety. Safety. Before we dive into that too much, I want to welcome you, Len, and just thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Carrie. It's my pleasure. Always good to help people learn. Exactly, especially when it relates to safety, right? Exactly. Tell us just a little bit, Len, about how long you have led the AGC of Missouri, just to give folks an idea of how long you have been in this position. Well, I've been the president for over 30 years now. I think it's 33 years in counting. Prior to that, I was the training director for AGC. And prior to that, I was the coordinator for the Carpenter's Apprentice Program. So I've been driving up and down Knox Industrial Drive and across the state for a lot of years. And it's certainly a great group of people to work for. Wow, what a testament that you've been there that long and that you're continuing to lead and innovate that organization. I know I appreciate working with you on many levels as a journalist. So I like the topic we're going to tackle today specifically. It's the Missouri One Call 811 service and system and just the partnership between the state system, the facility owners, excavators, contractors, locators, and everyone who works together to keep things safe as they get ready to break ground in any format. And I know just we were talking before the episode started as a resident, I know to call to just get permission if I'm going to put in a pond or a pool would be nice, but <laughs> I haven't been doing that, but something <laughs> that I would need to just call and make sure that system brings out the various utilities and services that would be impacted safety wise if there are live utilities and lines underground. And I just until a few months ago, I never really thought about the whole commercial construction realm and the same, how the system serves them as well. And what piqued my interest in it was I saw a report by the Infrastructure Protection Coalition, I believe, and several reports that said that we're not doing so well compared to our other states in just our response times and things. So I really appreciate, Len, you being on today to talk about this and you know, maybe start by sharing with us a little bit about the one call system as it relates to a non-residential construction. Sure. Happy to, Carrie. Yeah, this is an issue that is really of big importance to AGC. About a year and a half or two years ago, we could see what was happening with a lot of the federal investment that was going to be made in broadband and other issues, and certainly a lot of the road work that's going on and a lot of the things that do go on under our feet that we don't ever think about. And we formed a utility infrastructure division. So AGC now has a building division, a heavy highway, division and a utility infrastructure division. And as we put that division together, the leaders in that area really brought to light 
the situation with the Missouri 811 system, that there's a federal study that was done that looked at the efficacy of the 811 system across the country, and Missouri was pretty close to the bottom in terms of the cost to utilities and consequently to the ratepayers and the people who pay the utilities for either locates that are not done on time when, as you said, you call in to put your pond in. If the locate is not done on time, that delays the work. If the locate is inaccurate, that could lead to a utility being damaged. Or if a locate is never done and people just decide, heck, I'm going to go ahead and do the work anyway and take a chance because I have to get work done. So literally you're talking about billions of dollars of damage that gets done because of one of those three occurrences or fourth occurrence certainly can be that somebody never calls that they never call they just go ahead and excavate anyway so this is kind of one of those issues that is costing us it's hidden dollar nobody right. ever sees it and it's hidden damage i mean it's things that does hurt people especially when you're talking about natural gas or petroleum lines or high tension or high voltage electric lines those are very serious issues so so we really dug into it and looked at the current legislation, which hasn't been changed since the time it was passed. Wow. Looking at what we can do to modernize that, update it, really make it more effective for really for the citizens of Missouri, for the contractors, for everybody that's engaged in that type of work. As you were talking, Len, it kind of blows my mind that, especially with commercial work and the likelihood of all those buried utilities and things on a site, especially in a city of St. Louis, that I would hope it's a minority of contractors that either wouldn't call or wouldn't wait and put workers' lives at risk. That seems really, but I can feel probably they understand their pressure from owners to stay on schedule and all that, especially as our construction activity continues to be robust. But that kind of is scary to hear that, that that could be an option option or two that well, somebody might choose. It seems like most of the problems occur from mismarking that are late. You know, as you said, you get to a point where you just get exasperated that you're either something doesn't happen. And as with any problem, Carrie, there's plenty of blame to go around. And that I think is part of the issue that we're looking at is how do we equitably adjudicate problems when they do occur? When something does get damaged, it does need to be fixed, and certainly there are costs associated with that. And how do those costs get distributed and so that the person who was responsible does actually pay for those damages? It's not always the contractor, and sure. that is, that is mm -hmm. part of the issue that we're dealing with in looking at this legislation. Then what's the time window? I would think it's pretty narrow or pretty quick that once that call's made, is there, does the system or does the government regulate? How much time does that system allow for the response once the call's made to the 811? If you look at Missouri-811.org, right on the homepage, there is a process that lays this out that basically it has a calendar that shows each day of the week and if you call and notify what the timeline is. So on their website, if you call on Monday morning, the waiting period is Tuesday and Wednesday and they are supposedly you can go ahead and start digging on Thursday. 
If wow, so it's up, really accelerated. Yeah. If they don't show up, you just submit a no response ticket back with 811, and you are, it's either marked or not marked by Thursday. Basically, you have a green light to go ahead. And it's a same wow. Tuesday to Friday, Wednesday to Saturday. Of course, over the weekend, if you call on a Thursday, it goes back to the next Tuesday. The weekend days are excluded or holidays, and there's a whole chart that shows you, but it's basically three working days. Wow. I would hope have a pretty big cadre of workers and no one has enough workers. So as you were saying this, I thought, gosh, that's got to put the pace of that has to put a lot of strain on the system. It does put a lot of strain on the system. And I think the utilities subcontract that work. You don't see Ameren trucks or Spire trucks going around doing these locates. They subcontract to USIC or other firms that are, that's their job is to run around. And Missouri 811 doesn't do any locates. Missouri 811 collects the tickets and they monitor this whole thing, but it's really the utility's responsibility to get these all marked. And the board of Missouri 811 is composed of utilities. That's quite frankly one of the issues that we're looking at is the composition of that board. Sure. We'd like to see a little more variety, wouldn't we? More of a combination of maybe contractors and, I don't know, trades associations. and. Well, I think we'd certainly like to see at least one voting contractor representative on the board. Right now, there is a contractor representative, but it's basically an observer. Comments never go on the record. The person, they're in the room, but they don't have a seat at the table. And I think that's something that would be important to help, again, talking about the equity of responsibility and perhaps providing the industry's perspective of where the system could be improved and made safer. That's that's important for us to, those folks to be able to make some decisions with the input of the people who are out there with the backhoes and the equipment that are actually performing the excavation. Exactly. I couldn't agree with you more. Is Missouri or has Missouri your group and the system itself? I'm looking at my notes here, the Utility Infrastructure Division of AGCMO. Have you looked, I'm sure you have, to other states kind of for best practices or better practices, like some of the states maybe that are higher in the ranking in terms of effectiveness? And if you have, have you found any differentiating qualities or plans in those states that allow them to be more successful than we are? Yes, we did reach out to a number of other states. We reached out to Arizona and North Carolina because of Washington State, Montana, Alabama, Colorado, Virginia. These are all, when you look at that national study, those were all states that performed significantly better than Missouri. And so we're trying to emulate some of the things from their legislation along with some other things. I will say that in developing this legislation, we have held we're not doing this on our own, and we certainly don't intend to do it on our own. We have been working really closely with Missouri 811. Randy Norton, who's the executive director uh, for Missouri 811, has some ideas of some things that they would like to see also in a revised piece of legislation. So we have had a couple of statewide meetings where we reserved some space in central Missouri and brought together representatives from the utility owners, representatives from 
from other associations, representatives from Missouri 811, and really tried to dig through a lot of the issues such as the structure of the board. And could we look at having a seat at the table, not taking over? Certainly, this is nothing that we want to be in charge of, but at least have a voice. We want to look at this whole responsible parties issue, and is there a better way right now when a damage to a utility does occur, the responsibility goes to the attorney general's office to make a determination. And historically, if you look at the determinations, probably 95% of the time it falls on the contractor. And mm. issues about the markings is a frustration, I think, for our folks. And they would like to have a better way to adjudicate those where we would hopefully like to see a third-party enforcement board that would be made up of somebody from the attorney. And we've talked to the attorney general's office. They seem to be in favor of this. That would have some utility representatives, some contractor construction representatives, and somebody from the AG's office, similar to what the American Arbitration Association does, that there is a panel that if the parties can't reach a resolution on who's responsible, that there is a method to have a unbiased third-party board look at it and say, okay, was it called in in time? Was it marked properly? Was it not marked properly? Did the contractor not call? What occurred? And trying to go through that, we'd also like to see a penalty structure that does penalize whoever is responsible. If it's the utility's responsibility, they should pay for the damage. If it's a contractor's responsibility, they should pay for the damage. And these notifications should be made in a timely manner. Right now, in the current legislation, there really is no timeline on when a determination is made or when an invoice is sent. Some of our contractors will have a damage that needs to be fixed. They fix it, and a determination is made literally for years. They oh, are talking about something that takes a year or two years, and all of a sudden, after a project is long gone and closed, here shows up an invoice for a couple thousand dollars for damage that occurred that I've been waiting on a determination. Uh-huh. So we're trying to look at some reasonable timeline of when that determination is made and when an invoice goes to people. That just keeps it cleaner for everybody. So there's a number of best practices. The Common Ground Alliance, which is the national group, does have a industry Bible, if you will, that is a industry standard that is put together by experts across the country. We'd like to see that document referenced in the legislation. And hey, these are Common Ground Alliance does have a best practices document. And those, rather than change the legislation every time a new technology comes out, if we adopt those that provide some currency, ongoing currency to the legislation to keep it up to date. So it's kind of one of those things. It's out of mind, out of sight, out of mind. People are walking over these utilities all day. They see the trucks. They see the USIC trucks running up and down the street. You never really think about it, but all these factors kind of add up into literally billions of dollars and lots of accidents over time. And if we could straighten some of this out, it may make Missouri safer and more attractive for business, quite frankly. Yeah, no, that makes so much sense. And I could see when you first said billions, I thought, wow, but just inefficiency and the waste. And like you said, just the system not moving at the pace of business and the pace of construction. That would be really hard on contractors and others who have to reconcile that cost years later. I had no idea that lag time was that severe. 
Yeah, and I'll credit Missouri 811. As I said, Brandy Norton's been doing a great job. They, first of the year, or just recently, they changed from Missouri One Call to Missouri 811 because they have adopted new technology that if you file this ticket or file this report online, it can be much more accurate than trying to describe a location over the telephone that I bet. online you can use gps marking you can take pictures you can do all the things that create a much more accurate and workable system when the locator does get there there's minimal guesswork when you use the missouri 811 rather than missouri one call the 811 system has been modernized in that way and also missouri 811 is starting some contractor training that they have been going around the state and doing some more training to try to help contractors understand some excavation safety, some proper techniques for using the system, how to report when there is injury to the system. So they have been working hand in glove with us in this process to try to help modernize it. That's been a good thing, but we still have a ways to go and there are still things that can be training is great and modernizing the technology is great but there are some other issues legislatively that I think would really get us up into that top tier. Good. Well, let's hope for that. That's for sure. We don't want to be in the bottom quartile on anything. <laughs> but, <laughs> exactly. Well, I just, uh, we so appreciate learning from you today. Len Tenges, president of the Associate General Contractors of Missouri, the AGCMO, and you are a wealth of information on all kinds of things. So I hope that you'll consider this an open invitation to come back anytime and talk to us again on another topic. And on this topic, keep in touch with us. Let us know how the progress is coming along. It's my pleasure, Carrie. We are getting ready. We have some draft legislation that's 90% of the way there. You know, they say a journey of 100 miles is halfway over after you've traveled 90 miles. So we're in the last 10 miles now, but we do need to get the stakeholders back together sometime before the end of the year. Look at the draft legislation that is being prepared with everybody's input. We have contacted some legislators who are ready to introduce it into the 2024 legislative session. So there will certainly be more to follow between now and the middle of May 2024. Fantastic, which will be here in about five minutes, the way things are going, won't it, Lynn? <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> it. Thank you again, Lynn Tenges, president of the Associate General Contractors of Missouri. I'm your host, Carrie Smith of Information Works, and thank you all for joining us on another episode of Build St. Louis. Take care. Arbor Murphy is one of the top commercial real estate brokerage firms in the Southern Illinois and St. Louis region. With more than 500 active listings, it's the go-to firm for anyone seeking to buy, sell, lease, or invest. With a unique transactional focus, Barbara Murphy offers you a conflict-free experience as your trusted advisor. Contact Barbara Murphy today at barbaramurphy.com for expertise and assistance with your next real estate transaction.